welcome to the Productivity Podcast. This is number two in our series of three podcasts with our friends at Ceridian. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Konofsky, who is a Director of Solutions Advisory and me at Ceridian. Hi, Paul. How are you? Hi, Simon. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. So looking forward to episode two. Today, we're talking about the future of workforce management, which I know is something you're quite passionate about and the world you work in. But before we get into the detail. Let's find out a bit about you. So, Paul, tell us about your career with Ceridian. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Paul Kornofsky. I am currently Director of Solutions Advisory for Ceridian in EMEA, which means I, I, I lead a team of solutions advisors that help our customers and pro, uh, prospects understand the value of the products that we offer. I have been with Ceridian for, I think, around 14 years now. Started off in a, a role in operations, and then I moved into solutions consulting after a few years. Having done that, I moved into implementation and delivery for a few years where I was helped in delivering some of our largest workforce management implementations to some of the UK's largest sort of retail and hospitality chains. Uh, Then I moved into product development. And so I had a hand in actually building and designing the products we offer to our customers. And then I was very fortunate in moving back into sales and the solutions advisory role. And then a couple of years ago, I was fortunate enough to become the leader of the solutions advisory team for EMEA. Excellent. So seen it kind of both sides moving through the ranks and now leading the team. So let's talk a bit about the Ceridian Workforce Management product so called Dayforce um, part of the Ceridian world just tell us a bit about kind of product itself how that fits with the wider stuff that Seth talked around in episode one in terms of payroll and all the other bits. So yeah uh, Ceridian Dayforce is what we would refer to as a full end-to-end human capital management solution so it caters for the entirety of the employee life cycle from recruitment through onboarding through HR talent management workforce management and payroll but I actually started off as a workforce management and payroll application so we've got a really strong breadth and depth of capability in workforce management and that includes both things like time and attendance time recording attendance management but also things like sales forecasting labor modeling and automated scheduling one of the key advantages though is that it's part of the overall application it's part of the same database and the same product and so there are no internal integrations within Dayforce. And what that really means is things like your time and attendance data, your workforce management data is your payroll data. There's no lag in processing of that information. There's no lag in calculating net pay based upon the time that people have worked. There's no lag in bringing somebody into the solution and hiring somebody and being able to schedule and have that person record the time. It's all instantaneous throughout the application. And that also allows us to bring innovations to the market like on-demand pay, whereby as soon as somebody has finished work in a particular shift, we will calculate accurately net pay for that particular shift and make that available for that individual to draw down on that pay, net pay immediately. And I think that's going to be huge in the, the changing world of work that we're all experiencing at this point in time. Yeah, absolutely. And Seth touched on that. That's the, the wallet. That correct? Ceridian that is wallet. the wallet. Correct. Dayforce wallet. Ceridian wallet. I can't remember the exact name. Dayforce wallet. That's the one. That's the one. So, yeah, I, I think I agree. In a, in a world where we're you know heading for an even more uncertain two years than probably the unfortunate two years we've just come out of, then yeah, innovations like that are only going to help people, aren't they? And an important point you made there, just kind of circling back around on a few bits. So, there's no 
data in terms of lags of the sender file to payroll and it processes overnight. So that's a really important point that I'm employee number 1235 and that's me in the system in one single instance. So I live in payroll, but at the same time I'm living in workforce management. So you can see that entirety of my work life from cradle to grave almost in the solution in one instance. Absolutely correct. And, and it provides a really great employee experience as well. So a really good example of that, if we've got some customers in fast moving environments and they're able to interview somebody and store in the morning, have them working in the afternoon, having done all the appropriate identity uh, right to work checks, and that individual is able to get paid for that first shift in the evening straight away. And that's really only possible with that single solution approach. Yeah, 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 no, that's brilliant, that's brilliant. So, as I said, the world's been a strange place. It kind of bizarrely continues to be a strange place. We thought it was the new normal coming out of COVID and that's resulted in a war in kind of COVID rearing its head again and then all the, the stuff that's happening with finances and energy. So maybe maybe it's not the new normal, it's just the new different. Um, <laughs> you must be seeing and having some interesting conversations with some of your clients. So what, what are kind of the current trends that you're thinking about that you're getting asked in terms of customers or they're challenging you in terms of how you're driving the market forward? Yeah, and I think you're right. I think everyone sort of breathed a collective sigh of relief when we thought we were getting out of COVID. Uh, But actually, things have have continued to change uh, and we're we're still in very, very turbulent times. And so a lot of customers are experiencing a a lot of challenges. So because of the, the way the world's been for the last two to three years, things like forecasting, uh, are really, really difficult because the historic data that customer companies have available to them is not necessarily a reflection of how things are going to look uh, in, the, in the near or even the far future. Uh, organizations are having a really, really difficult time in recruiting. And I, I don't know if that's as a result of Brexit uh, or uh, the changing world of work or just the times that we happen to live in. But a lot of organizations I'm, I'm speaking to are, are, have a really tough time attracting and retaining talent. Uh, And then there's also different expectations. As new generations come into the workforce, they have different expectations of what work is going to look like. So employers are having to be increasingly flexible, increasingly agile, and increasingly focused on that employee experience. Because not only is it incredibly difficult to attract new talent, it's also increasingly difficult to retain that new talent, especially as things like the cost of living goes up. People are looking at having multiple different jobs. They require increased flexibility to manage their work life balance so there are a lot of challenges out there for organizations i don't know if that sort of aligns with what you're seeing in the market as well yeah absolutely so i think um if we take probably each one of those in turn i think recruitment how do you keep well how do you get people first of all uh how do you keep them there was some kind of customers clients who had been saying they they've been rolling out new solutions and are almost at the point of within 12 months of rolling it out, they almost need to retrain it because 60 to 80% of the people they trained 12 months ago now don't exist in the organization. So how do you dumb down the training, make systems or new solutions as simple as possible, which clearly becomes a challenge in a a complex world of workforce management. So yeah, we're seeing that. Um, The whole bit about forecasting is interesting, isn't it? Because you've lost, even if you were open in the pandemic, you've lost two years of, let's call it normal, data 
Yep. Because if you were a supermarket, it was abnormal because it was basically the only place we could go and walk around. And we probably dwelled longer. We probably bought more because it was kind of the highlight of the week, wasn't it? And it sounds strange saying it now, but it kind of was. Um, and if you were closed, clearly you've got no data. And is 20, what would it be, 19 data the same as data that you'd expect the shape, the um, volume in 2022, 23? I, I don't know. So that that must be well that not must be that is a challenge but that challenge must get presented to you to kind of how do you fix it yeah absolutely quite often and and i don't think like so many complex problems i don't think there's a one-size-fits-all easy answer uh i've seen some organizations considering going back to pre-covid times and making the assumption that those that that data is probably a more accurate reflection of what the future is going to look like and that might have been a valid assumption maybe even six to nine months ago. But now with the rising cost of living uh, and all of the other stuff we're experiencing, is even that assumption uh, a valid assumption? Now, I do also think that we do have increasingly sophisticated tools to deal with things like that. Uh, what we're seeing or what you see is organisations moving away from that more traditional uh, forecasting method and bringing much more sort of AI and machine learning into that process. Now, that's also not without its risks but it does allow larger sets of data to be processed more quickly and maybe more deep insights into that data to be taken than you could other than, other than you could have done with the traditional forecasting methodologies. Because one of the things that AI and machine learning is really good at is picking out key variables that might be impacting those forecasts that you might not necessarily have anticipated or had that visibility of when you're just using those more traditional methods to spit out a number at the end of the process. Yeah, and I, and I think probably to give listeners some examples, if my store took £50,000 in 2019, fine, and we think it's going to take £50,000 in the same week or a, a similar week in 2022, fine. But actually, because prices have gone up, what that might mean from a workload point of view is in 2019, that meant I sold, I'll keep it simple, 50,000 items. So everything was a pound roughly. But actually in 2022, because prices have gone up, I'm only selling 40,000 items. So therefore, from a replenishment workload point of view, scanning through the till point of view, there's less work to do although I'm taking the same top-line sales number. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. And and I think uh, you, you sort of touch on a good point there as well, because obviously with rising costs and everything that's going on at the moment, organisations do need to be really, really focused on that sort of operational efficiency and productivity. So they do not want to be getting that wrong, what those actual that actual labour demand is, as you say, even though the... The, uh, the amount of turnover that they might take in a given week may be the same as it was in 2019. It might require a lot less labour to achieve that turnover. And an organisation doesn't want to be paying people when they don't have to have them in there working. Absolutely. And again, when people ask us the question, I kind of always come back with the um, idea of, would you rather sell a million things for a pound or one thing for a million pounds because top line numbers are the same, but actually the work required to do that is very different. And then the kind of light bulb comes on and people start to think, yeah, I understand I could be overstaffing potentially based on looking at a, a similar number, but there's different behaviours and different detail underneath. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that's another thing that the sort of 
machine learning uh, forecasting methodologies that around now can really help with because unlike the sort of more traditional methods of forecasting, machine learning can actually learn as you continue to feed it more data. It can actually take into account those those changing circumstances and ultimately provide you much more accurate forecasts of the labour that you require to achieve these potentially sales targets or whatever it might be. Yeah, and again, as we talked about, in a world where it's difficult to get and retain people, knowing that you've got or you knowing a more accurate number of people you need should give you much more confidence in terms of managing that churn so you're not recruiting people based on a, a workload number that's 15, 20, 30% down. Absolutely. So that's interesting stuff in terms of current trends. If we cast our minds a bit further forward, where where's the workforce management market going? There's there's it's quite crowded, is is the reality. You guys have got a, u- a unique offering in terms of the end to end package with the whole day four Ceridian uh, payroll um HCMPs. But where do you see if we just think specifically about workforce management, so forecasting, scheduling, time and attendance, kind of employee mobile. Where's that going in the next three to five years? So I think organisations are going to have to really, really focus on uh, employee engagement and wellbeing in order to retain that staff. And one of the ways in which you do that is by providing them the tools to do their job and to make those tools easy to use and intuitive. The point you made about having to retrain everybody every six to 12 months due to high turnover is a really good one. You don't want to be rolling out applications as much as possible that require extensive training. So it's really important for organizations to be able to provide intuitive, easy to use mobile first tools to the workforce. So somebody doesn't have to spend a day training to work out how to use the tools that the employer provides them. I think it's going to be very, very important for employers to provide flexibility going forward because people will have changing requirements. Everybody's got used to hybrid working, which obviously doesn't work in every single industry. But we may, we, I think we're also going to find increasingly that people, particularly in the world of things like retail and hospitality, may be juggling multiple different jobs. And so organizations are going to have to provide as much flexibility as possible, as well as focusing on that employee wellbeing. And I also think it's important that organizations can get the maximum possible efficiency out of what they're doing. So anything that they can bring into their organization that will help them automate transactional processes will speed up those day-to-day things that their managers and employees are doing and allow them to really focus on the customers is going to be incredibly helpful as well. And by that, we talked a little about forecasting, but things like automated building of uh, employee schedules based upon those forecasts, allowing the flexibility of having people work across different locations dependent upon where the needs of the business are, and also bringing innovation to the market. I talked a little bit about Dayforce Wallet and that ability to allow people to immediately access pay that they've already earned, but I'm sure there are many other innovations that can be brought in in the next few years to really make that employee experience better and really help organisations retain that talent that's so difficult to attract at the moment. Yeah, and I think one of the things Seth talked about was kind of this autonomous pay idea of actually does a monthly pay cycle just become a thing of the past because it is that premise is tried and trusted but clearly built around systems and process rather than what the colleague the employee wants so that might be something that creeps in and and what about things like shift swap shift bid I know they're all there now but do you think as part of this employee-led culture do you think we'll see there be a big rise in that in terms of actually 
schedule generates based on my preferences and working time but actually the schedule that's actually worked may be significantly different because we've got employees bidding swapping within given parameters and sign-offs as a as a given do you think that that will become more on the front foot yeah, I, 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 I very much do. Now, I think there's probably some well-founded nervousness within organisations about that, but I do think that going forward, those organisations that are able to offer that kind of flexibility to their workforce are going to thrive. So I think we might, we will see an increase in things like shift swapping, but I think we'll also see an increase in, in really flexible shift management, almost where organisations build a, a schedule or a rota of completely unfilled shifts and just publish those out to the available staff and let those staff decide with the appropriate technology and controls exactly who's going to work what shift dependent upon their changing needs from week to week and month to month. And I think we will see a much greater prevalence of that over the coming 6, 12, 18 months. Yeah, no, I can see that. And what about things like um, colleague feedback on schedules? So them rating it, you know, it's a, it's a one schedule for me, it's a two, three, four, five star schedule. And then almost back to our previous conversation the machine learning understanding what makes a good schedule and kind of how that then builds future schedules yeah and i think that's going to be very important as well and it's factoring that into the algorithm so the machine learning learns over time exactly what schedules naturally suit the particular team for each particular location or department is going to be really really important because if we think again about that employee engagement and well-being if i just automatically from week to week get a schedule that suits my lifestyle suits my availability suits all the other commitments i have in my life that is certainly going to make me happier at work it's going to improve my working life which makes my relationship with my employer better and probably drives me to provide better customer service and ultimately increase the sales or the customer satisfaction for that particular organization so i think it all feeds into what every organization is trying to achieve which is increased satisfaction increased sales and (coughs) increased employee engagement increased efficiency and increased productivity yeah and i think that then fills the loop doesn't it of those people then probably will help you out if you need extra shifts or to fill some tricky shifts but also back to your efficiency point the one thing that every organization we work with and I'm, I'm sure lots that you speak to is stopping people editing the schedule so system runs manager then sits down and fundamentally rewrites the schedule manually because they know better so the efficiency of what gets spat out the system is 90 95 percent right and then with a bit of shift swap a bit of shift bid we fill that final five percent but stopping people spending onerous amounts of time changing it for whatever reason yeah absolutely and i i think in a lot of cases it's a uh, particularly when you roll out new technology that perhaps does a lot more than the previous technology and people are in a mindset where in the past they always had to do this manually. I mean, I've certainly seen people whereby managers are taking their machines home at the weekend and spending six hours on a Sunday doing exactly what you just described. But I do think it's a, it's a bit of a mindset and a culture change, but it's also a learning experience. I've, I've had experiences where Initially, we've implemented that kind of forecasting, automated scheduling, and everybody's been changing the schedule every single week. But as time's gone by and they've come to trust what the solution is doing, you actually see that less and less. And ultimately, those people are really happy to get their Sundays back. Everyone ends up with more efficient schedules that are able to be published out to the teams much, much further in advance. So ultimately, it becomes a win-win for every single level of the organization. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And what kind of current challenges, I'm sure we've touched on some of your customers facing, is there anything different to what we've talked about or are they all in that kind of recruitment, retain, trying to work out the best uh, data to forecast on? Yeah, it's very much that, and, and particularly that. So the, the the data, the forecasting thing is real, but certainly with the organisations I work with, it's that recruitment thing. It's the ability to recruit and retain just the number of staff you need to run your business, particularly in the world that uh, I often move in, which is sort of retail and hospitality. It's a it's a real real challenge at the moment for a lot of organisations to get that staff and then to retain those staff, and I think that's what everyone's focused on. So the smoother, the easier that you can make that journey for people, uh, the better you're going to do as an organisation. And the better tools that you can provide your employees and the more flexibility that you can give them in their work life, uh, the better you're going to be able to retain those staff as well. And I think that at the moment is where the greatest challenge is for most of the organisations that I talk to. And I don't know if that reflects your experience. Yeah, yeah, just finding good people. I, I think... Someone described it to me in a in another podcast we were doing, which was it's about retaining your A players. So there's a group of people that are clearly your best colleagues, um, maybe 40, 50% of your business, and they're the ones that typically move on and cause problems because they're, they're the good ones that will go the extra mile, that know the business inside out potentially and aspire to move upwards and onwards. So it, it, it was interesting. It made me think slightly differently. I think the challenge is retaining good people. Um, maybe there's some people you don't want to keep, and that's the same in every organisation, and there's processes to deal with that, but it's retaining those good people. Yeah, and you actually make a really good point there. One of the things that I think is really important that organisations need to be thinking about is identifying those good people and giving them the opportunity to progress, as you've said, because uh, if you don't give those people the opportunity to progress in their careers, they are going to start looking elsewhere because often you find that the good people know that they're good. And so unless you reward those good people and do give them that recognition and that opportunity to progress, you will ultimately lose them. So it's important to be able to identify and reward those individuals using the data that you already have as an organisation. Absolutely. And that it's a good segue because episode three of the, the series with Ceridian is on the future of talent. So we'll explore that in a, a bit more detail with one of your colleagues, which will be good. Excellent. Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up. Really good conversation. If people want to find out more about um, the solution, chat to you, where's the best place for them to find you? Uh, well, they can certainly go on to the Ceridian website, ceridian.com, or I the, I am happy for people to contact me direct, and that is at paul.karnowski. And as we just discussed before we started recording, I'll spell that. That's K-A-R-N-O-W-S-K-I at ceridian.com. Brilliant. Absolute pre- pleasure, Paul. Take care, and we'll catch up soon. Likewise. Thank you.